Hi, Caleb. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well this evening. What are you drinking? Uh, I had a bunch of extra lemons. I'm sorry. That's not true. I had a bunch of extra limes sitting around, uh, so I made myself a daiquiri. Um, mm. And as, a, as an interesting twist, I've been putting a little splash of mezcal in my daiquiris. Um, there's a there's a recipe in the Death and Company book that calls for an actual set amount, uh, but I just kind of put a splash in mine. Uh, it's a nice little twist. Light rum or dark rum? Uh, I'm using white rum. All right. Yeah. How about you? What are you drinking? I'm having a uh, classic whiskey sour. I had a lot of lemons lying around, so I... Uh, <laughs> actual lemons or lime lemons? Actual limes. Okay. Sorry, lemons. <laughs> it's contagious. <laughs> you got me. Um, so yeah, drinking that, and it's uh, tasty. So... Uh, to tonight, I thought we could talk about the Paris Motor Show, which has just wrapped up uh, pretty recently, uh, Le Mondial des Automobiles. Oh, en Paris. Yes. Um, and uh, Tesla did have a presence. They had a booth. Um, they brought three Model Xs, two Model Ss, and one of the skateboards that they have in the in the. Uh, in the stores, sort of showing the powertrain architecture. Um, but they didn't announce anything um, since Tesla, very much like Apple, doesn't really announce anything at conferences and events. Uh, they do it on their own timetable. And uh, they've actually got an announcement coming up uh, next week. Um, so, yeah, this should be pretty soon. An announcement um, about what? We don't know yet, but uh, I think as this episode comes out, that news will just be breaking so is it going to be about a tesla mars rover i doubt it i think it'll be something a little bit more terrestrial um (laughs) okay uh, at least this earthly um but the two things that stuck out to me i i followed pretty closely and all the dust has pretty much settled and the two things that still are resonating for me are uh some announcements from mercedes and also volkswagen so i thought we could sort of talk about those and what they what they announced since um two super large players in the automotive world um, came out with some pretty big claims about their uh, electrification plans and the actual vehicles. And I think in the context of Tesla, there are uh, some uh, echoes of design in the actual vehicles, uh, strategy, uh, complementary ideas, and also some challenges in the way that they presented them, I think, in terms of uh, uh, some missteps or holes in their ability to actually compete. So wanted to unpack those uh, in tonight's episode. Cool. All right. So let's, uh, I guess, would you want to start uh, alphabetical and start with Mercedes? Sure. So we'll start with Mercedes. So Mercedes has had very little to say about electric cars up until now. Um, they've had uh, some hybrid vehicle options for some of their high-end cars, um, but they have been pretty quiet about having a fully electric um, car and they hadn't really shown anything. They've shown some autonomous um, vehicle ideas in the past, um, but they hadn't shown a car that they actually intended to produce to the best of my knowledge. Right. They had that autonomous car driving around San Francisco last summer, wasn't it? With the kind of no car and it had the, it looked like a little tiny conference room, I guess, where you, yep. the seats were facing each other. Yep. Yeah. And it was like the really stretched out sort of uh, thing. Um, And yeah, that was sort of showing off some of the autonomy uh, that they have planned uh, in the closed course, but that was in a fake vehicle, essentially. Um, So they came out and the CEO um, came out and and was talking about this brand new 
Uh, they talked about the smart cars first, that they've got more smart cars coming out that will be electric. Oh, because Mercedes owns the company that makes smart, the little smart 4-2s. Yep, the smart 4-2s, the smart 2-2s, and then the smart uh, cabriolets. Those will all have fully electric options, but sub 100 mile range kind of deal. Um, so the perfect city car, as they would say. <laughs> um, but the the main course was really um, this this new sub brand. So they're they're gonna do a sub brand similar to what BMW has decided to do with the i. So the Mercedes sub brand for electric vehicles is going to be called EQ. And um, apparently it's based on the uh, Mercedes brand values of emotion and intelligence, uh, but it actually means electric intelligence. So the EQ stands for electric intelligence. So first off, like a sub-brand... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, How does EQ stand for electric intelligence? Wouldn't that be EI? Yeah, but they mean it like... Oh, like IQ. IQ, oh, but that's, it's electric. Yeah, that's a little too clever. Yeah. So EQ <laughs> is their sub-brand. So all of the fully electric cars that Mercedes builds, the plan is for those to be under the EQ brand and not under the just plain Mercedes brand. So first off, that just, uh, I just, I just really don't understand. Car makers love brands. They love to have their, their separate badges. I know, but it's still a Mercedes. It still has the the upside down peace sign on it. So it's not a totally different, I mean, I understand smart and I understand mini for BMW, but it's still Mercedes EQ. So it's just like, it's a strange decision to um, just put in a little pile all those electric cars and have a little different team. And so you won't have a C-class electric. You won't have the E-class electric or GLK or what about the it's B? Gonna, isn't the B class the the one that they currently have? That weren't they also using like Tesla battery technology in those? Yeah. So the B, that's true. They do have the B, um, which is sort of a hatchback style vehicle um, that was using the Tesla components um, as part of like the Daimler connection. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a, a, a movie. That sounds like a movie or something. The Daimler the connection. Da- um, <laughs> and uh, so that's that's. I guess that's still being sold. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so, so first of all, I just don't think that it shows as much commitment. Um, and it, and it doesn't show that they have any plans to move any of their core vehicles that people are buying Mercedes for today. Um, so that's the first main thing. Um, one of the quotes is the mobility of the future at Mercedes Benz will stand on four pillars and it stands for case connected, autonomous, shared, and electric. Generation EQ, which is the full brand name, is the logical <laughs> fusion of all four pillars. Oh my, I didn't know there was a generation in there as well. <laughs> so yeah, um, this, I watched the entire uh, video of the, um, of the announcement and sort of the press conference, and there is a lot of, a lot of strange video clips and loud music and lasers happening, um, and a lot of discussion of like, you could charge while you're on the golf course so still some hearkening back to old mercedes style i don't know um (laughs) while you're riding around in your electric golf cart you can charge your electric car it didn't it didn't make too much sense but the the overarching um goals they have separate from the cars themselves is that by 2025 they're going to have more than 10 fully electric vehicles in market and then they plan by 2025 that same time to have 15 to 25 percent of global sales be evs 
So that that seems like a pretty promising number for them to be planning 15 to 25% of sales to be from electric vehicles um, in eight years. Um, what do you think of that? Does that seem achievable? Does that seem higher than you would expect, lower than you expect? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say with these completely. I mean, they've got one electric car in, in production or I guess, is it even in production or if it's just like very low volumes here? Yeah, in, I think it's one of the compliance cars. Yeah, yeah. it's not. It's probably just available in California. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like these these larger companies, they're, they're in this position where they have a cash cow, they have a, a set of expertise that and, and huge, huge sunk costs. And uh, clearly the world is changing, but uh, how fast the world changes, I don't know. There's so many variables. There's, you know, the energy companies still want to sell the gasoline. Um, I think it's going to, there's going to be a lot will depend on, on what government regulations come down and, and, and if there are any sort of like forcing functions on on driving this adoption and, and uh, creating the infrastructure for the electric cars. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's this huge multivariate problem and it's hard to kind of guess. Uh, I'm sure they're just trying to like position themselves so that when they sense the tipping point has been reached, they can really strike. But uh, I don't know. I don't, none of them are clearly as far out in front as Tesla is. Um, so I don't know. What do, what do you think? Yeah. So I think that, so eight years from now would be at least three cycles, three generations of vehicles. So, uh, the general sort of length would be three years, um, for a new car program. So that would give them essentially three at bats in their current, (laughs) um, speed. Um, so I think that's ambitious. I think that, um, you, that, that amount of sales would be, you know, uh, 15 to 25 out of a hundred BM, uh, Mercedes being electric. Um, so I, I, I would be very surprised if they actually hit that number because I don't think fundamentally this sub brand idea is going to work very well. Um, but let's get a little bit into some of the cars so that, <laughs> so one of the challenges with a lot of the uh, automakers who are legacy automakers has been that even for their fully electric cars, they take a, an existing internal combustion car and figure out when they rip out the engine, they rip out the transmission, where can we fit a battery pack and where can we fit a, uh, a, a, a motor? And so they typically use the, tr- the, front, the, uh, uh, the front area of the vehicle where the engine would go and they put the motor in some of the electronics there, and then they'll put the battery pack behind the back passenger seat and sort of eat into a bit of the, um, into the trunk space. Mm -hmm. So this generation EQ is uh, built from the ground up to be electric. So it follows very much from the the Tesla point of view of having that, uh, the battery pack in in the bottom and having the motors close to the wheel, uh, also with the bolt is doing uh, at Chevy. So it's going to have that same skateboard design. Uh, It's also intended to be scalable across all the different models they want to build on this platform. So apparently the wheelbase, the width, and some of the other components, um, like the the amount of batteries, have been built to be modular so that they could build sedans, SUVs, uh, smaller wheelbase cars, larger cars. Um, So they're thinking about this uh, from an engineering point of view to be a very modular platform. Um, 
So that is a um, uh, sort of a somewhat new capability of having this um, skateboard style design. And even I think a decade ago or so, when some of the early concepts of skateboard designs came out, the idea that you could just sort of put a different uh, shell on top um, was very appealing uh, intellectually. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense that you should be able to, I mean, with a electric motors, you could put a motor on each wheel and not have, even have to worry about any sort of axles and transmissions. And, uh, at that point, yeah, you can push out the wheelbase or the, or the, um, the width of the vehicle to the tread uh, of the vehicle yep. to, to really any sort of dimensions that you want. Yeah. So I think that is good to see, um, that they aren't planning to just, uh, stick the, electric components into an existing program that was going to continue. So that I would say uh, is smart um, and makes makes a lot of sense. The next thing that they talked about was something I don't think makes that much sense. So um, their design head said it's a reinterpretation of Mercedes design philosophy and aims to set a distinctive new air quotes electro look for the company. Uh, and that was Daimler's <laughs> head of design, Gordon Wagner explained. So when we actually start looking at the photos of the uh, EQ, Generation EQ, it is a, uh, a small SUV style vehicle and it is very blue and very silver and very concept car, very futuristic. Um, yeah, it looks like it just drove off the set of iRobot or Minority Report or something where it's it's clearly a extension a, a futuristic vision of what a literal evolution of a current vehicle would be yeah so it has hidden wipers in this design it has invisible door handles uh, cameras instead of uh, mirrors for the rear view mirrors um, space age undercoating and, yeah and it has on the uh, it has multiple materials on the exterior it's got a whole bunch of blue light treatment on the outside, which I don't find very appealing. But on the inside, it has a 24-inch widescreen. And so you can think of the, uh, the, where the speedometer would go, which is the binnacle. That whole section uh, is tw a 24-inch screen, which also spans into the center cockpit. Yeah, so not like a 24-inch, not, not like a 24-inch television, but it's, it's like eight times longer than it is tall, right? Yeah, it's like um, it's like six inches tall and yeah, like two dollar bills stacked on top of each other and wide, like really wrap around wide. And so that will have the instrument cluster. It will have the map um, and then audio and things on the other side. And and so yeah, they think it is better to have sort of this really wide screen. I I find that concept. I think that will be extremely difficult to actually produce. I I don't know of many uh, companies that have made screens that. It's sort of like it would be like the jumbotron. They'd have to put a lot of screens together yeah. to make that, and so I, I'm not sure that we'll actually make it. But very similar kind of idea of having very few buttons. There's very few knobs on the interior. Very screen heavy. Yeah, they're ideating the future. You can't harsh them and and bring them down to to reality with like demanding tactile human interface and screens that exist. But even but what's funny too is even on the on the steering wheel. They don't have many buttons. They they said they're uh, touch screen or um, touch sensitive on the where the buttons would be near where the thumbs would go on the steering wheel. Um, 
So sort of like the new Apple TV remote um, where you can sort of swipe. Um, and you know what? I would rather see in a, in a vehicle like this, and I guess I'm going to swap out my ideal concept vehicle for uh, whatever concept vehicle they're coming up with. But instead of this idea of just screens that can be anything and then you have no sort of tactile feedback and understanding of what's going on, how about like the OLED buttons or something where you actually do have physical buttons, but what they are can change? Yeah. Well, like the I, keyboard that, that never really shipped or did a ship. I don't know. The whatever that keyboard was. Never mind. All right. No, Carrying no. On. I mean I think that the certainly um some of the haptic feedback in, in new smartphones is um an attempt to do that, right? It's not an actual button, but they're localizing the feedback. Yeah, and I, I mean I guess this is predicated on them being uh manual driving, I guess. If they're if they're self driving, then who cares? Um or if they're if they're halves, then who cares? Right. Um but if I'm if I have to concentrate on driving, I don't want to have to fiddle with touchscreens. Yeah, so I think that they um, some of the other components to it are, is that it's intended to be relatively performant, um, 400 horsepower, so it should be sub five seconds, zero to sixty. Um, so similar to what the base model S is, um, their plan is to have it be around 300 mile range, with around a 70 kilowatt hour pack. Um, so, you know, in between the 60 and the 75 Model S. Um, and they plan to have this vehicle available three years from now, uh, 2019. And that the pricing would be about a relatively well-equipped GLC, which is around 40 to 50K. Um, so I, it may end up being a little more than that, um, but they're going to launch it as an SUV. And they said Mercedes claims that the Generation EQ is close to production. So um, it... It, as much as it is a concept car, it isn't um, a 10-year future concept car. So that's why I guess I'm giving them a little bit more uh, <laughs> criticism for some of the choices. Because if they do intend for this to be going into production very soon, there's like there are going to be some people who are going to get the axe. Um, uh, some of these design choices will get axed very quickly as they start moving into production. But some of the things I do think are uh, interesting, They they on the interior, they've certainly been inspired by some of Tesla's uh, designs from the Model X. Um, the back of the seats are a polished black, um, almost exactly like the Model X. And I, I hadn't seen that in a production vehicle uh, up until that point. They're also focusing on the white interior and very thin, <laughs> very thin seats. And I know you don't love the white concept car interiors. I don't, but I'm sure people who have children will love it. <laughs> um, cleaning it all the time. Um, Maybe it'll be self-cleaning, too. Maybe there'll be a little car Roomba that'll jump out and start scrubbing your seats when you're parked. And they do intend for it to have a fair amount of autonomy uh, features So um, and, and also be able to update itself. And they had all these very contrived ideas of, like, you could send it to go pick up your laundry and groceries, and then it would come pick you up and take you to the airport and drive home. And it was really badly scripted um, <laughs> sort of animations, and it was not very good. They also think it will be shareable, very similar to what Tesla has said. They hope for their fleet to be shareable, but it is, you know, they, they have um, a somewhat Zipcar-like service in Europe available for some Mercedes, and they want to make it like Airbnb for Mercedes where you could list your car and people could rent it. So they're kind of trying to do all these different pieces, um, but it really came across as what can we do to make this uh, case, the connected autonomous system like all work together and 
it sort of felt like they just round up a whole bunch of random projects inside the company and were like, well, they're not really good yet. But they had an intern go on TechCrunch and figure out what was going on in the, in the world of technology. It did. It, it did feel very contrived and rushed and, and not as cohesive as um, uh, many of the technology companies. Even the technology companies get the stuff badly when they're trying to paint a picture of the future. And so it just really came across as extremely stilted um, and far-fetched. So that didn't give me much confidence that many of the other components of the autonomy and the sharing that they hope for the, this new brand, that if they think that's going to be reasons people are going to buy this, then I think they're sorely wrong because those services are not going to be anywhere close to good enough. You don't think people are buying Mercedes because they want to be able to let other people drive their Mercedes? No, I don't think so. And oh, the other thing that came up, and we'll talk about this too with Volkswagen, is like all of these companies now are are in the mobility space. It's like that word is the biggest buzzword now. Um, they, they won't just say we're a car company or we want people driving. It's all about advanced mobility and electro mobility. And it just sounds, it sounds like someone who like discovered that this is a thing <laughs> and they're really excited that they can talk about it. And it's this future thing happening. Um, but it's not something they actually understand. Um, so, so that was uh, that was disappointing. Uh, I think that the car itself is not the. I think aesthetically, it's fine. Is this the one that has the whimsical uh, screen on the on the front, like the grill is an actual display? Yeah, I think this this grill will actually. In, it's intended to project onto the onto the ground uh, for pedestrians when it's in fully autonomy mode, but it's not going to launch at that level. Um, but it has a a blue grill. Um, and some sort of like signaling capability, I guess, for, for the yeah. humans around the vehicle. Yeah. And so I, I'll, I think it's, it'll be interesting to watch this car, see how it shapes over the next three years. But I mean, the Model X is already out there and there's headlines coming up. Mercedes Benz Generation EQ hits Paris ready to crush the Model X. <laughs> um, I think they might have even written those headlines before they saw the car. Possibly. I mean, almost, I mean, it, I, I have no, I don't think you can say something's going to crush something in technology or in a, in a quickly adapting space like electric vehicles when it, it won't be out for three years. Well, and car companies have the reputation of showing all of these amazing futuristic designs. And then three to five years later, when they come to market, they look like a slight, slightly rounded version of what is currently out there. And I don't think with that kind of uh, pun very much intended track record, they should be given any sort of leeway on this. Yeah. So then we move over to Volkswagen. So Volkswagen has had lots of challenges with the <laughs> diesel gate. And so they clearly could use help with uh, their environmental story as well as just general consumer confidence. Um, one of the first things their CEO said was that our future is electric and fully uh, autonomous. And new competitors like Tesla and Apple... Uh, are entering the space. They actually called out Apple? They actually called out Apple by name, and those are the only two companies they named. Uh, and that by 2020, they will launch a new family of electric cars on a new electric platform with no combustion and no plug-in hybrids in that mix. Because a, a lot of companies have been saying they're going to be launching electric cars, but what they are actually meaning is plug-in hybrids and, plug and just hybrids. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to distinguish that. Um, and they plan to have 1 million electric car sales by 2025. And their goal is to be the worldwide leader. Um, so they don't aim to be number two. <laughs> they aim to be the leader uh, by 2025. 
Interesting. So it is Volkswagen. Volkswagen is the are they the biggest car company in the world or second or they're 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 pretty much up there, aren't they? Yeah, I think they are the biggest. I think they're the biggest with all like, um, yeah with all of their different badges. Yeah, and so this was for the Volkswagen uh, brand, not the Porsche side of things, and so they have a new sub brand as well. Surprise, surprise, uh, and theirs is called ID. Um, so not EQ. But ID, ID, I period D period, um, and I couldn't find the reasoning for that one, so it's just <laughs> ID. Let's just speculate. Okay. Um, actually, just before we move on too far, apparently Toyota is the largest Toyota motor, okay. and then uh, Volkswagen is number two, and then followed by General Motors and Renault Nissan. So they plan to be number one in electric, even though they're number two in everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and number three in our hearts possibly lower um but you drive a Volkswagen. i do so i do fine. i have a rabbit yeah um i don't i don't know what id maybe i don't think it's industrial design um internet device <laughs> um important uh driving days yeah i instructional yeah i'm not sure um <laughs> So this will be the first Volkswagen Investigation on Investigation Diesel. Oh, no, okay. Hopefully Sorry. not. All right. Back to, uh, back to our, our regular scheduled programming. It'll be their first Volkswagen on a modular electric drive um, system. So it will also have a skateboard-style design. The batteries will be on the floor. Um, it will have a range up to 600 kilometers, which will be quite large. Um, that's like pushing 350, 400 miles. Engineered for fully auton- uh, automated driving. It'll apparently have 10 laser scanners. So 10 freaking lasers? 10 lasers. <laughs> that would be very expensive with today's lasers. So Well, is it 10 lidar or 10 laser scanners? Is that is that are they specifically not saying lidar because they have some other form of doing it? Maybe, but I, they looked like lidar sensors to mm. me the way they were popping up. Um, it will be a the one they're going to launch with first will be a compact. So it'll be based on the the exterior, this was interesting, the exterior dimensions will be similar to a Golf, but the interior dimensions will be similar to a Passat. Oh, so it's like a TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, you, it's it's much bigger on the inside. <laughs> but but this is something that they're doing, Tesla's doing with the Model 3. Um, because we don't have the, the, the uh, front needing so much space and the rear uh, doesn't need as much space and you can, you can do better um, wheelbase uh, extend the wheelbase without actually needing more physical space. Um, basically, they're pushing the um, the front very far forward with a really small hood, and then the back is hatchback and sort of just chopped off. So the interior compartment is actually going to be pretty large. So that is one of the real benefits of uh, electrification beyond uh, the uh, other ecological benefits is that the uh, ability to make a vehicle in a different uh, configuration than we're used to is pretty cool that it, it will actually be a much smaller vehicle easier to get around really nimble um but have a lot more interior volume so that seemed really cool yeah i wonder if as as it becomes clear that it's the same platform and they can just kind of push out the dimensions to make slightly larger or more like touring vehicles with like a larger wheelbase like how does that affect their ability to differentiate wildly on price like a a C-class Mercedes and an S-class Mercedes are very different in, in price. 
Um, I, I'm, and a lot of it is the, the appointments and stuff, but a lot of it too, is just that it's a bigger vehicle and, and because it's bigger, they can charge more for it, I guess. I think that must be also one of the reasonings for this sub brand is how do they figure out where to slot it in? If they have a, if they have their standard brand, yeah. Where do you put this? Do you put it below? Is it a, a sibling to the Gulf? Um, what if they need to price it 10 or 20 K more than the Gulf? Yeah. How do they deal with that? How do they deal with the fact that it isn't actually on the Gulf platform um, and that the technology inside of it might be very different? So I see some benefits to it, but that presumes that they won't just kill off the regular Gulfs and C-classes. And that's one of the challenges of being uh, a large company that's being um, attacked (laughs) is that you want to compete uh, in this new arena, but you aren't willing to sacrifice your existing uh, product line. And so you create two product lines and sell both. But the, the challenge is that the, where are you going to spend your advertising dollars? You're not just going to magically have more money to advertise or train people or produce vehicles. So you have to make these trade-offs. And so I think that's going to be one of the biggest reasons I'm still not so keen on these cars doing that great out of the gate. Um, but so some of the other interesting components that they plan for it to have voice and gesture controls. Um, it will also (laughs) turn left left. (laughs) in, in manual mode, there'll be an augmented reality HUD, uh, projected on the windshield. Uh, so heads up display. So, uh, they showed some photos of this. I'm sorry. Do they actually have a prototype of this or is this just a neat idea that they thought of? I only saw it in the videos, which were simulated. Okay, because yeah, I mean, I do think. I mean, we talked about this when we were talking about what we thought what we thought the surprise would be for the Model Three, like the the next stage reveal, and I think we were both pretty uh, excited about the the potential for that, where you might be projecting what Tesla has in the the sort of like video game mode uh, of what you're looking at, the and, binnacle, and more, yeah, and projecting that up onto the screen. But you know, there's there's a lot of innovation and techno- technological advances that need to happen to make that possible and this is i guess coming back to why concept cars really really suck is that you can just kind of they can just kind of make up any random things that they they think might be cool much like you could with i don't know say a movie prop uh and and you know there's just no way of like they they don't have the capacity or have not demonstrated the ability to innovate in these other spaces and create these things so like what's the point yeah, I mean, it's like a mood board. It's a vision statement. It's like, <laughs> it's what we would like the future to look like. And you sort of rely on a company to make it. Like, it's. I have no problem with people doing that as a way to convince others that it's worth investing in the technology to pursue it. Because no technology just happens. People actually have to go and put the hard work into making it happen. So you have to have sure. some idea of why this would be interesting and, and why you'd even want to pursue it because it's going to be hard to make. But I just don't believe showing that to the public when it's not real yet is um, in the best interest of anyone because, I mean, the the only argument you could really make is that we want to do this, we want to see what the public responds to, and we're going to use them as an indicator of where we should actually push because if a lot of people go nuts for the heads-up display and ask us all these questions and are really excited about it, Maybe we will prioritize that higher. Yeah, but that's what they, they have focus groups and stuff for this. I mean, I, I feel like putting it out there into the public and, and showing it off as like an actual thing that might be coming is just, 
I mean, it, it's like if, if Hershey like goes to some sort of like annual candy convention and says in three years, we're going to release our new chocolate bar that makes you smarter and three inches taller. I mean, sure, that would be awesome if that could happen, but there's been nothing that would lead me to believe that in three years, Hershey will be selling a candy bar that can increase my IQ and make me physically taller. I mean, yes, it sounds neat, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, what they would do is probably ship it with a uh, a footstool and uh, and put some ginkgo biloba <laughs> in it and call it a day. Well, now that's just the practical entrepreneur in you uh, coming out right there. Well, I'm just saying that's what this ends up happening is these things get watered down so far that someone can still say, well, we kind of we kind of did it. So uh, no switches, no buttons, just screens was part of the concept. Always connected for updates. So they plan for these cars to have software updates, but to what degree, to what depth, not really sure. They just said they'll be connected. It'll be the first Volkswagen for fully automated driving, uh, induction wireless charging. So it's just a laundry list of things that's like sound cool. Um, <laughs> and presumably they'll try and acquire a couple of companies in the interim to, yeah. to build out some of this. It'll be part of the Volkswagen mobility network, which has car sharing as well. So you're going to share your Volkswagen separately from the, you, you can't post it on the, the Mercedes site, but you can post it on the Volkswagen site. Um, <laughs> yeah, the combustion engine space is used for cabin. Um, and the starting price will be similar to a Golf diesel, so a well-equipped Golf. Um, so not crazy expensive, um, so probably similar to twenty-five, thirty thousand. 30000 And they plan to launch it in 2020. Um, and okay. <laughs> at the end, they sort of summed it up with three epochs. The Volkswagen Beetle was Epoch 1. The Golf was Epoch 2, selling 30 million lifetime. And now the ID is number three. Smart, sustainable, and affordable. Oh, I wonder how much they had to pay their ideation consultants for their, for that. That was probably a very expensive report that uh, that led that led to that. Yeah. So I this one. Sorry, I'm being really cynical. So this one also is white. Um, yeah, that means future white and and blue accents. It's like we get it. It's blue. It's futuristic. Can we stop? Um, Seriously, they all look like props from iRobot. The uh, what was it, Steven Spielberg yeah. and Will, Will Smith, that based on the uh, Isaac Asimov. It's not a very good movie. This one, uh, but this one, the Volkswagen has one of the ideas that's been ballied around for the Model Three, where the steering wheel retracts. So when you go, when you want to go in the full self-driving, you push on the VW logo on the steering wheel, and it retracts. So that's that's a thing. <laughs> Indeed, it is. <laughs> So uh, here's the thing. Whatever these cars actually look like, they'll end up looking nothing like this. Uh, the Chevy Bolt looked really cool in prototype phase and looks not interesting at all in its current production form. So I have, I think this will look like a Golf, and I think that the, uh, Mer the Mercedes will look like one of their small SUVs. So that's, that'll just happen by <laughs> the uh, blunt instrument of production causing all the exciting to get whipped out of it and all the technology <laughs> to not exist because it's not ready and push forward another model year in hopes that someday it will ship but it won't yeah so, i saw the um there was a, a tweet from uh horace did you i i think asimco is his uh tweet and he tweeted something this week about how um the powertrain of an electric car requires only a tenth of the staff to be assembled um, and he was pointing out that obviously car makers are going to get behind this idea because ultimately it's going to be a drastic reduction in costs. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think the this idea of moving to electric is, uh, I mean, if the infrastructure can get built out and, and the other things that they need to kind of build the consumer confidence in it, 
is for them, it's a great thing because it means easier to produce, which means cheaper to produce, which means higher margins and which means more reliability because there's less moving parts and less things to go wrong. Um, so yeah, it seems like I can, I can see them getting on board with that. Um, but yeah, how, how quickly it happens, who knows? It's clear that electric vehicles will be the majority a hundred years from now, probably 50 years from now, but it's this 50 year period between now and then when all the people who are working in these companies are no longer going to be working there and new people are coming in. That's the real question. What's that turnover rate internally going to be? And what is the adoption and all the other factors that are going to lead people to buy these cars? I don't think, so the question is, is this going to be a lot like uh, the personal PC where all the mainframe and mini computer companies tried to make PCs and failed and new companies came about that made PCs that people actually wanted? Or is this going to be like a new type of vehicle uh, where you didn't see new car companies come about just because of SUVs, really. I mean, Jeep, but that was a very unusual situation, <laughs> um, right? Like you don't see car companies just spring up just because there's new windshield wiper technology or, right. you know, we've got the best brakes, so we created an entire new company to sell cars because we've got stronger brakes. So I think the big car companies see electric as just a a new change of of uh, a powertrain going from diesel to electric, which shouldn't be a problem. I think that is not correct. I think that they are going to have a big challenge, and I think that the biggest uh, general belief is that uh, these car companies have a big advantage because they have manufacturing capability. And my big belief is that they don't have the demand to justify that production quality. So who cares that people are not going out to buy these vehicles. And the very cynical point of view is that they're making these vehicles purely because of the MPG being over a hundred and increasing their overall fleet. And so they don't really want to produce a lot of them because the average is not based on how many they sell. It's just based on the opportunity to buy. Um, Oh, so it's just an excuse to sell the higher margin gas guzzling vehicles on the other end of their lineup? Well, just that, yeah, they're like, well, no one's buying these cars that are $20,000 more than their gasoline component and, or, mm-hmm. you know, counterpart. And so, you know, you can't keep increasing the standards because no one's going to buy these cars. So I think that, um, and Tesla's going to be out there two to three years earlier. So I, I really still think that from what I've seen, they look okay. I think they're smart to start realizing people need cars that can go full ranges and not aren't that aren't just city cars. So that's good. I think it's great that they're pushing that they want it to be autonomous, but I don't see any evidence that they're really any further along than any of the other technology companies and are most certainly further behind. So I, I, these all just sort of felt a little bit poser to me. Do, do you think that these companies, um, or do, do you think that cars are going to be more affected by the electrification process going on or the autonomification process yes that is a word yeah. i'm going to say that is a word but no i mean do you think like it's the because when you start talking about like changing these things out and like 50 year timelines or something at that point i'm thinking hey these cars are going to be driving themselves around and they might just be like boxes on wheels at that point yeah i, th- I think the autonomy drives it i think the autonomy is what wags the electrification um because you'll you'll want to have a car or someone's going to want to have a car that has a lot more range, um, sorry, longevity. 
and we know that electric cars can have a lot more longevity and if they can go and charge somewhere it doesn't it doesn't matter that they're slightly out of the fleet because there's not a human in there paying for their time uh, to wait around there's no human so it doesn't matter how long it takes to charge that car if it can actually have a useful life of many more years um, so I think the, the raw economics of an electric car for a fleet if a human isn't driving it are far far superior to a gasoline vehicle that that is the thing that will drive so much more adoption of those um, and I think that the uh, I, I, ha I have not yet seen evidence that any of the traditional automakers will be leaders in self-driving car technology. Um, the only exception might be uh, GM because they have crews, but that would be um, still still yet to, yet to be seen. Um, so I, I still think that Tesla and, and Google through some some work and Uber through some partnerships have a, have a much better chance. So yeah, I think if you want to stake out some sort of like billion dollar startup idea, the best thing you can do right now is learn how to make some self-driving cars, start up a, a startup and, and get acquired by one of these car companies that's going to be desperate to uh, add some autonomy to their to their vehicle line. Yep. There's a bunch more that still need help. So uh, there's probably at least four or five billion dollar companies ready to be acquired. Yeah, get it done. There's a Udacity has a self-driving car training program they're starting. So yeah, get on there. Get to work, people. Stop listening to podcasts and go make some self-driving cars. I think we can wrap it up for the Paris Auto <laughs> Show. Um, Probably we should have done that maybe like a minute ago. But yeah, all right. So if uh, if people do want to chime in on this and give us some opinions on uh, Mercedes and Volkswagen uh, and then the vehicles of the electrified future, where can they uh, where can they do that? You can message us on our website, theteslashow.com. You can tweet at us at The Tesla Show on Twitter, and you can post on each episode that we post to our subreddit on Reddit, r slash The Tesla Show. And with that, have a good night, Mike. I bid you adieu.